and welcome to another week of the Tomcast. Guido here with you, along with Scoot and Johnson. Big, biggest weekend of sports for the year. Uh, so we'll start tonight off talking about the Super Bowl. I know how excited everybody is for another year to have the Patriots in the Patriots Invitational, as they've actually, the NFL has announced today, they're just going to change the name of it to the Patriots Invitational. Patriots and, Invitational. Yeah, right. Every year we invite uh, teams to come play us, you know, to see who's the best team in the land. And that's uh, how it's going to work for the rest of everybody's life. Well, yeah, we got a problem with that? <laughs> well, and it's great because the Patriots it's are like... great. There's nothing great. No, it, it is great because, like, I love it. Because the Patriots come out and they say the craziest things, I think, too. So um, one of the coaches came out today and was talking about how in the stadium they have... Uh, float tanks, isolation chambers that will simulate five hours of sleep in 40 minutes. So they're sleeping in 40 minute blocks in isolation chambers. I feel like that's how Scoot should like live his life. Wow. Like okay. Should, that like, is just sleeping. I don't even get it. Like, is that, I feel like, like I, I need chamber? one of those. Yeah. yeah we no, need it's a, a, I need one of those. It's like one of the, um, the sensory deprivation chambers, like where they like you put it in, and there's just like it's like black and white noise. And it is like, that like the thing from the intern, the movie The Intern, where they were at Google, and they slept in those little weird pods? Yes, exactly. That's exactly what it's like. <laughs> See, you only need to sleep in it for forty minutes, and it and it and it, uh, it gives you get you your, know uh, like five hours of sleep. Get yourself a forty minute weird pod nap. Just go ahead; That's... you'll be refreshed. Right, and then all of a sudden you're like coaching twenty four seven, and you're only sleeping for forty minutes a day, and you win the Super Bowl. That's how it works, you know. Meanwhile, you've got the uh, the Rams who are all babies. Like the best stat that has come out this week was um, when Tom Brady won his first Super Bowl. Uh, that um, Sean McVay was a sophomore in high school, and um, Jared Goff was seven years old. That's <laughs> It's insane. Yeah, I mean, when you say it that way, it's completely ridiculous. I will say that one, the the funniest thing I saw uh, this week, one of the funniest things I saw this week was your tweet, um, which everyone can see that tweet at uh, Tob Guido, but the hold me back guy that is like apparently that's his full-time job for sean mcveigh that is hilarious i i guess he's probably been there you know i haven't watched too many rams games but i guess i just never noticed that and they went like in depth following him up and down the sideline and that was the most absurd thing i've seen in a long time i i think i'd like that job i think you'd be what's that that job? job pay that, well, he's also a strength and conditioning coach, so you know. Okay, so I guess he does have something part. else. To well, do. and look, that's he's active. It's not like a lazy bones job. I mean, apparently that's a like Sean McVay has no spatial awareness, so refs <laughs> are coming up and down the sidelines, and you know if he hits somebody, that's a that's a penalty, right? Now, I guess, I'm assuming. So he yes, needs he this guy this. to like actually help him out. That's hilarious. If if this coach isn't active, is that an indictment on his strength and conditioning program? Probably, yeah. If he's just like sitting over on a bench or something and occasionally yanks on the cord to kind of pull McVeigh back. He's, so he's I got like one of those, uh, like when people take their kids to the mall and they've got like, like the, the vest leash. and yeah. the leash. Yeah, that's yeah, what he yeah. has Sean McVeigh on. Yeah. I think, it, I think it would only be funnier is if you had somebody like Rob Ryan was the coach who did that, you know? <laughs> and he went around and he was grabbing Sean McVeigh and pulling him back. Or the other way around. Like if there's some poor guy that has to pull, you know, Ryan back. I mean, that would be... <laughs> Then you're talking, you better be strength and conditioning, coach. 
Rob Ryan, who got a job this week with the Redskins, yeah, which means the Redskins your, your, are going to yeah, be terrible. Linebackers coach. That's right. Yeah. But the other thing that cracked me up about that that video that you sent was they're so L.A. They're so L.A. Rams. Like, the guy's pretty. You know, Sean yeah, McVay's yeah. pretty, and Hold Me Back guy is very, very he's very handsome. And it's like, and they're just kind of up and down the sideline, like, beep, 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 and then there he's pulling him back every once in a while. It's, and, com- and, it's Sean McVay, and Sean McVay. And Sean McVay acts like it's just like a little breeze that blows his back. It's like he's not he doesn't even react to it. That's where the best part of it. It's, yeah, like, was... it's like he doesn't even realize it's happening. <laughs> like it's just a natural part of his day. But that's the kind of stuff that I think is, is going to make the Rams lose this week. I mean, on top of the fact that the Patriots have been there uh, four out of the last five Super Bowls. So, like, they, they get the advantage of, of understanding the timing of everything. Like, the pregame's longer, the halftime's 15 minutes longer. Like, all of that stuff that is, uh, you know, not normal for a regular football game. But, like... Just the fact that like these guys are all young for the Rams. I mean, they yeah, can... they really are. I mean, it's kind of a first time experience thing for everybody, pretty much. It's like Sean McVay's a millennial coaching yeah, an NFL team. Seriously, you know? <laughs> so it's 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 crazy. But I think the Pats will win. Scooty, who who would you pick? Um, who who are you rooting for, and who are you picking to win? I'm rooting for the Rams, and I'm I'm the most New England person in this little yeah, operation that's, right now that's surprising uh, well i did that's i disagree surprising. with that we i won't I, we won't get into that fight I, you are not the most new england person in this group uh, it anyway. is me you're right it is me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely. um i'm rooting for the rams yeah i think the patriots will win because um as you may know the uh just like the kdka graphics guy who got fired today for putting known cheater under <laughs> under the fired? video awesome. of uh, of Tom Brady, <laughs> he put yeah. known cheater. Known cheater was the graphic. I thought yeah. that was fake. When I, I saw and that he's that was a real. KDKA person. Yeah, yeah. he got, I, he got okay. fired. I gotta look he, that up. Known and I saw an interview. Cheater. He said he was either gonna go with Giselle's husband or known cheater. <laughs> so he went with known cheater, and he and got they fired. He probably would Giselle, Giselle's husband. He probably would have kept his job. So <laughs> wow. Um, now let me ask you a question. KDK you, not having it on TB12. Not not a cheater, but anyway. Are you guys familiar with prop bets? You know what yes. a prop yeah, bet is? Yeah, I am. I sure. already have my prop bets in in case you're wondering. Okay. Do you think um uh hold me back guy is a prop bet somewhere? Oh, that's he, he, should, he probably is yeah. a prop bet. Well, somewhere. what would it be though? Like how many hold me backs or how would that work? I don't I don't I guess number of over hold, under on number of hold me backs. Hold me backs. Um, I'm looking at some of the the crazier prop bets that are out there right now. Um, okay. Total number of times Jim Nance and Tony Romo will say Gronk. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's like two. It's like two or two and a half is the. It is was the last time I looked. <laughs> um, will a play Tony Romo predicts result in a touchdown? That's uh, that's that's probably that. I'd be, I'd take yes on that one. I take the. Uh... Um, let's see. Let's talk about that really quick, though, because um, first of all, so finish out the other thought there, Guido, you're you're rooting for the Patriots and you think the Patriots will win. I'm in Scoot's camp. I'm going to root for the Rams. I think the Patriots will win. But let's talk about really quick. Where do you fall on the uh, Tony Romo stuff? Because he was a big topic of conversation last week. You know, some people like I listen to a good bit of Mad Dog Sports. Mad Dog hates Tony Romo. He was really annoyed at the whole, the whole like, yeah. which I don't really understand because I enjoyed it. I thought it was cool, and I thought it actually made it more 
fun to me to watch the game. Like I, when Roma I, would be like, hey, keep an eye on that, and then it actually happened. I thought that was interesting. Well, one of two things is true. Either Tony Romo um, is like omniscient and he can like see the future, <laughs> um, or I believe a, in this, he's a wizard. Hey, he, he's a wizard. <laughs> he is like the football's Dumbledore. Like, um, or B. Um, he, I think that they are feeding like the Patriots, like Tom Brady's helmet audio is getting fed. Well, to... you know, someone brought that up. I don't know what I was listening to, but apparently. So would you put they... the graphic known cheater under Tony Romo? <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> KDKA uh... weighs in. But, but I think they do get the, they have the same feed or something that works with the teams. I think the CBS has the same feed. So I mean, it was, was a, actually last week was up. amazing, but I will say like, I, I have actually oddly enough, really enjoyed Tony Romo and, and Jim Nance calling football games. I, I have too. That, I, I actually too. think it's entertaining. It's good. Tony Romo's, you know, I don't I think, miss, I don't miss Phil at all. So. I think Mad Dog. <laughs> oh man. Like, when you put I think it that Mad Dog way. doesn't oh, like. Yeah. I think he doesn't like it because I think he wants the play to happen and then the announcers to kind of remark on the play instead of Tony Romo Spoiling telling it. you what's going to happen and then all of a sudden right. it happens. And and I think to an extent, Mad Dog gets a little – he gets a little bent out of shape when somebody that's not really a radio journalist kind of gets a little bit of steam and people kind yeah. of go – because he's not. I mean, Tony Romo is just kind of calling it like he sees it. He doesn't really have the – the journalistic background. So I think well, that I, I just heard that take a lot and especially from him. And it just made, like I hadn't really thought of it that way until I heard him complaining about it. It just, it never, I guess because I was enjoying it, it just never occurred to me that people would be thinking it was so annoying. I thought it added stuff to the game. So I thought it was I, cool. I know. I think it's, I think it's good too. So, all right. So we've, we've got our picks in um, and uh, we'll see what happens. We'll probably next week talk a little bit of uh, Super Bowl, post-Super Bowl uh, after the game. But uh, we're going to take a little break from the Tobcast. We're going to come back and uh, talk about, you know, one of all, one of the things that Scoot and all of us know the best, uh, millennials. We're going to talk about millennials and how they have really changed the world. So we'll be back in a minute right here on the Tobcast. Welcome back to the Tobcast, Guido along with Scoot and Johnson, and uh, going to talk, and I don't know if you guys are familiar with this, um, going to talk about the Fire Festival. So the Fire Festival documentaries came out this week, um, for all of you millennials that know about it, the, uh, the Fire Festival documentaries came out this week. It's been like all over the internet, huge, people going crazy over it. I've watched both of them. So there's a Fire Festival documentary on Netflix and a Fire Festival documentary on Hulu. They're like competing documentaries, uh, but they're both have been huge. Do either of you two know anything about the Fire Festival or what the Fire Festival um, was? Uh, the delegate from North Carolina says no. Okay. All right. Granted, he's the oldest of the old boys. Uh, yes. Scooch. Uh, <laughs> I only know a little because I had heard, so I did a little research. And I don't really, I don't understand it. From can I can I give you an explanation? <laughs> don't worry, there's not a lot to understand. But <laughs> okay, can I can I explain what I think it is? 
Go ahead. Yeah, I want to hear what you think. Okay. The, uh, the this it's, is like that segment where they like sh- like have like old people describe. This like, is like drunk history. Is what it's <laughs> yeah, like. right. So, <laughs> so I think it was like this guy who wants to hold this music festival, and he invites a lot of people to the Bahamas or something, some island or something, okay. and ultimately the festival never happens, and he takes a lot of people's money. And uh, he's kind of like the Bernie Madoff of music festivals. Okay, that's pretty close. That's actually not far from. I'll, I'll give a little. I'll give a, a, a little bit different description. Really, so, this sounds horrible. Yeah. So, anyways, this is millennials. So this is all about millennials. So let's start okay. with the fact that this is all about millennials. So there's this guy who um, was sort of like an entrepreneur, for lack of a better term, and he had helped start an app. That you could use to book, I can't remember the name of the app, but he helped create and start an app that you could use to book like artists to come and do like your birthday party, right? So like you could like, you could get on your app and you could like say, all right, uh, big boy birthday party, you know, you could do birthday party, right? right. Um, So while creating that app, he became friends with Ja Rule, who we all know. Uh, well, of course. I mean, because like ja that happens. Who doesn't I mean. like Ja Rule? So anyways, he in uh, he had pitched to Ja Rule this idea of having this giant, really like uber high-end festival, music festival, like Coachella and uh, Burning Man, like, but have it in the Bahamas. They were going to buy... Um, an island that Pablo Escobar had owned, of and throw this throw this big party on it, and so that's what they 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 marketed, and so they got all of these like YouTube and Instagram like celebrities and models to come out, and they filmed this video about this festivals that's going to happen, like people swimming with dolphins and wearing bathing suits and looking hot again, all millennials, and so they posted. You know, they said, okay, the fire festival, it's going to be in April of 2017. And they here, buy, go, go to this website and buy tickets. And so people were buying tickets to, like, you know, go to this music festival that had, you know, and. Um, so it just sort of picked up steam on its own. Yeah, it picked up steam. You know, it was like, yeah, social media, all that stuff. So people were millennials. So it was obviously it was marketed to millennials. And millennials were like paying like $17,000 for a ticket oh and $25,000 okay. for a ticket. And here, let me read you um, some of the articles. Artists that were uh, signed up to be the the headlining artists for this festival. So you had uh, Major Laser. Okay. Anybody? Anybody? Yeah. No. All right. Yeah. I, never heard of Little Lil 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 Yachty. Oh, I know Lil Yachty. Oh, I was I hoping you were Yachty. gonna say Lil John because I wanted Lil, to go. Lil Yachty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, clap Clap Tone. Hmm, I don't know. Mat- right, I Matoma. Good, good, good music. Uh, Mingos, no, Migos, M-I-G-O-S, Migos, okay, and of course, of course, everybody's, everybody's favorite, Blink-182. Oh, well, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) along with Ja Rule, (laughs) along with Ja, and Ja Rule, yeah, so anyways, they took all these people's money, these people show up on this island, Um, well, wait a minute, though, wait, were they... I'm just trying to follow along with your with what you're saying. Though. So were the bands actually signed up, or they were just put those names out there? Well, so yes, I mean, were, and, like and were no. the bands unknowingly like did they think it was legit? So they're like, okay, I mean, if yeah, all these so, people are going to be there. So people thought it was legit. Uh, I mean, the artists thought it was legit, and they started, you know, booking it, and they asked for their deposits, and they weren't getting their deposits, and um, 
these guys had chartered a plane. So anyways, I'm trying to shorten the story a little bit. So anyways, um, that they ended up not being able to do it on Pablo Escobar's Island. They got this like, like this, like old beach resort that had like been dilapidated. They started putting up like, you know, the tents that they put up for people like in hurricane and hurricane Andrew, you know, like those little, you know, geo tents, you know, as their luxury things. And then, so people started showing up to this music festival. It was nothing like they expected. All of the artists had backed out like the week of because they didn't get paid and it was just this like complete cluster of this guy basically was taking the money that he was getting in and completely lying about having money to pay people to do things and so you ended up getting you know you ended up having something something like 2500 or uh or or 5000 millennials like stranded on this you know resort uh, couldn't get off the resort, no food, no water. And it was like, it became this whole thing. And so this guy right now has got six years in jail and, you know, find all this money. And my whole thing is about this is every single one of those people who bought tickets to that concert deserved what they got. They deserved it. You pay $17,000 to go to a concert, Scoot. You deserve uh, no. it. You go well, to a concert for Blink-182. Come on. No, I... My issue is, okay, so if we're talking millennials, we're talking, uh, what, you're the oldest you're, you could be is probably 26, maybe, 27, 28, let's say 28, right? Right. Okay. And then the weird guy who's like 35. Who ja Rule, like, he was popular when they were like six. Right, that's <laughs> true. Uh, Blink-182 Blink might have been popular thing. when they were negative three. I mean, that's... <laughs> What are we talking about? Like, what do you like? That would be like, uh, well, for example, I one time went and saw four bands for four dollars. Right. Okay. Is that great deal? Four bands, four dollars. Great, great deal. <laughs> Steppenwolf. Steppenwolf was one of the bands. Fog Hat. Are you See? familiar with Fog Hat? You are dating yourself. Slow Ride. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Blue Oyster Cult. The millennials, uh, they don't know any of these bands. The Pat Travers band. That was the four bands for the $4. But see, the whole thing was that they were marketing the whole, like, sex appeal. You know, the whole Kendall Jenner was going to be there. You know, that kind of stuff. I I just, you know, they they deserved it. They deserved what they got. I mean, they got to go to an island, right? I guess that's kind of cool. Well, they got stranded on an island with no water and, and, uh, (laughs) and nothing to eat. Um, and they paid $20,000 to do it. So he's he's in jail because of fraud? Because yes. of, yeah. Yeah. So the best is, and the best part of the documentary, at least the, the Netflix one, is at the end of the documentary, it's like they're all sitting in a conference room like a week later after the whole thing was was canceled. And Jaw rules on the, uh, Jaw rules like on the <laughs> Skype call. And, uh, and first of all, and like Jaw Rule, for anybody who doesn't know, like Jaw Rule's the same age as us. He's like in his early 40s, right? And he was popular. What? It's good. He was popular like in the early 2000s. I'm going to say he was like, 97 through 2002. Yeah. So that sounds about right. So, he anyways, was, he was he, really popular. He looks like he's like 62 years old, if you ever <laughs> see him, by the way. He does not look like he's at our age. I, I mean, I look younger, but, um, Anyways, they're on this conference call, and he's like, "Hey, that's why that's my best jaw rule. Hey, this <laughs> what wasn't you really fraud. want? 
yeah, yeah. And he and he said like this wasn't fraud. This wasn't we we didn't do anything bad. He goes, we just it just didn't come together. It's not a big deal. And like meantime, they're talking about how like the guy basically took all the money and like funneled it away, and all the employees hadn't been paid. <laughs> yeah, except like, for that part. It wasn't except a big for that deal. part. That's not fraud. So I don't know. I just don't get it. I don't get. Uh, I'm, I'm have I have a hard time understanding like why somebody would pay that kind of money to go see Blink 182. Well, and so easily, give, like, so know, easy. just part Who with has, their money. Yeah, what kind of just, I, at 25? I had nowhere no, near that kind of money. First never, of all, never. No, you know they all live in they all live in in uh, you know Williamsburg, Brooklyn, in these like apartments that cost like five thousand bucks a, a month. You know, one bedroom apartments, and they're paying seventeen thousand dollars to go to a concert. So, like, um, uh, doing a little research on Jaw Rule, he um, he came out big with his first album in '99. Then he hit a string of yeah. albums almost every year until 2004. Then he took an eight-year break. Maybe did jail time. I'm not sure. Well, uh, he talks about how he, he was a rap mogul. He's a rap mogul. He um, came out with an album in 2012, and then he's got one that's to be announced. He's to be announced. Somewhere. Um, Scooby, always like, on time. Uh, w- that was a hot jam. Would you would you consider Jaw Rule a rap mogul? Um, like Jay Z, rap yes, mogul. Yes, right. Jay Z, right. yes, rap mogul. Um, right. I would Fit, uh, Fifty Cent. Yeah. Rap yes. Yeah. I'd Fifty Cent's there. been shot. Fifty. Yeah. I don't. I'm not messing with him. Yes, yeah. I would say yes. He also, 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 yeah, I can't speak. He has a house in Farmington, Connecticut. Just thought I'd throw that out there. Of, of course. I, I would put Jaw Rule, like, on the same level as, like, genuine. Like, not rap moguls. Like, not. Um, <laughs> yeah. I would say. I, I agree. I Jaw agree. Rule is right there with, like. He's more of a Coolio. <laughs> Mystical. <laughs> Mystical. Okay. All right. I mean, I, I don't see. Busta Rhymes. To me, rap mogul. Rap mogul. Right. I'll give you that. Right. Um, See? Jaw, yeah. Jaw rules kind of. Yeah. Coolio would be a good example. Um, he's one of these B list celebrity kind of guy. Like, Jaw Rule to me is a is a celebrity reality show, con- like contestant, star. That's what he appears to be to me. Like, Flava Flav. I'm not calling yeah, right. Flava Flav a, a rap mogul. No. No, like you expect Ja Rule to be on, you know, after Trump's done being president, to be on the next Apprentice, uh, appre- apprentice right? Or, yeah. or Big Brother kind of mix, or something. I kind of, <laughs> I kind of mix uh, Ja Rule up with who? Uh, who's the guy? Pip my ride. Uh, oh yes, Exhibit. No, no. Oh, Exhibit. Yeah, exhibit. yes, yeah, yeah, that yeah. is the same. They no, are the same. Ludacris is dropping bows and stuff. <laughs> dropping bows on them. Bows. Yeah. All right, uh, folks, this will wrap up our section of early 40-year-old white guys talking about rap. <laughs> this has been an episode. This has been another episode of the Topcast talk of 40-year-olds talking about rap. Uh, anyway, um, so, yeah, I just, if, if you get a chance, watch the documentaries. It'll just blow your mind because, like, these these kids, these, and, like, seriously, I also have a problem, and, like, Listen, I'm not a tank top kind of guy, but what is it with millennials wearing tank tops? Tank tops and stripes on the tank tops. I don't get it. It bothers me. Like Everyone uh, wants it, to be like they're in the 1920s with a mustache, some goofy mustache, 
and a tank top. Yeah, handlebar yeah. mustache like, and listen, tank top. No one takes you serious when you've got that mustache. No one. There's not a person. Like, I can't look at you normal, and I don't want to hear you talk. Don't even try to, yeah, don't it's twist the mustache. Statement. No, it's ridiculous. You're saying, You're not hey, an look evil at me. Villain. I'm You're not different. A villain. I've got some ridiculous 1920s mustache. I'm going to get on my bike with one big wheel and one little wheel, and I'm going to ride out of here. Nobody wants to see that. It's not normal. Sorry. That's my rant on mustache. This has been guy. things that make Scoot angry. I just feel like people are working too hard. I mean, if you got a stash, you got a stash. Let it go. But stop. Stop twisting them. Stop trying to like, hey, look at me. Look at this thing. I'm twisting them. Stop being an evil genius. Like, you're not on the Pringles can. Stop. Just stop. <laughs> Adjust. Stop adjusting. St- stop adjusting your monocle. Yeah. yeah. I mean, come on. Monocle's coming back. You've got your one-piece bathing suit. I get it, but enough is enough. <laughs> yeah. Right. One-piece bathing suits. Uh, all right. Well, listen. Let's take a break on the topcast. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit of college athletics. We'll skip baseball this week. Maybe we'll we'll talk. Maybe talk a little baseball. We'll skip it probably. And we'll talk a little bit of uh national signing day coming up next week. So uh keep it tuned here right here on the Topcast. Welcome back to the Topcast. Uh, Guido here, along with uh, Scoot and Johnson. Going to talk a little bit of college athletics right now. We'll start with a little bit of National Signing Day, or as I like to call it, National Redshirt Day, because you don't see these kids for another three years anyway. But a um, couple of big things starting to come out of National Signing Day, Scoot. Right? What are we? What are we looking at? I mean, it's it's next week. It's it's, it's the, the sixth. sixth. Yeah. Yeah. I right. Think what's that? Uh... Wednesday next Wednesday, and, and, and you'll have this whole thing again where you get ESPN will yeah or ESPNU probably will uh, be live all day, and you will see high school kids across the country, um, and at least using uh, fax machines, <laughs> using fax machines, and, and doing this whole like hat thing, like where they take the hat on and they take the hat off, and then they change the hat, and they and change then there's it always again. a mom that's not a fan of the chosen school, and there's like big scenes that break out about people getting mad that Georgia was chosen over Florida or whatever. So, and then you'll have like uh, what you'll have like six or seven kids from Bishop Gorman that will be like the big news. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's um, it's. It's interesting. I I always find it interesting that the same schools, like you could take the same 10 schools and they're going to be in some order in the top 10 in recruiting right. rankings every year. Alabama, Alabama Clemson. I mean, it's just you look at the top 10 of college football and, yeah, there might be one or two schools that kind of sneak their way into that top 10 in recruiting, but it's all the big names. It's all the big schools. Um, very rarely do you get – something that really surprises you You like a Tennessee or somebody will kind of come out of nowhere. But one of the things I think is interesting, especially now that this is um, coming up on us, some news broke today at Missouri. Are you familiar with the news at Missouri? 
Apparently, no, there was a uh, a tutor, a like a school tutor, who improperly assisted forty two student athletes. And uh, <laughs> forty two, forty two from the not basketball one, and football. Not players. five, forty two student what? athletes. She where she did their she did their homework. Um, completed online courses and took final exams for the men's basketball and football players. Wow. Uh, first of all, let's start with the fact that you know you're already a student, probably carrying a load of what yeah, eighteen, you're right, twenty some yeah. odd hours. And then you're also going online and taking and like, are these guys, are these guys paying this student? Are they like giving her money? Like, what's, what uh, well, happened there? It says that the um, NCAA, of course, was in- investigating. Um, the NCAA did not find credible evidence that her colleagues directed her to complete the athlete's work. What? So maybe she was doing this on her own. I don't what? like. Come on. Um, yeah, that's not. I, so there's something else there. There's got to be more to it, right? Um, well, I live in North Carolina where this sort of thing is not a big deal. So yes. if I'm UNC, that means Missouri has nothing to worry about. So Now, what's <laughs> interesting about this is they've kind of put themselves on a postseason ban. Okay. Oh, okay. For football. So they, they've put themselves on the, uh, uh, the no bowl game thing? I, or I believe that is the case. That's Watch normally a, the we know it's really bad. See how we're trying to take care of it ourselves. NCAA, right. please don't come roast us thing. Well, maybe not. I take that back. Maybe that I think it is the NCAA. Well, the NCAA put a ban on um, or put academic probation or probation on the baseball and softball teams. I guess they also banned the football team for postseason play. But the interesting thing is. Okay, so let's rewind for a second. In the middle of the college football season at Clemson, there was big news. Do you remember what the big news was at Clemson in the middle of the season? No. Okay. Kelly Bryant was the starting quarterback. He's the guy that had taken him to the championship the year before. Oh, yeah, and then, yeah, okay, so they, right. Dabo I was thinking, Sweeney, like, around academics. I don't well, Dabo Sweeney is going to bench him for trevor lawrence right so kelly bryant decides i'm trying i'm out i'm, right. I'm out i'm not gonna stick right. around where do he transfer to mizzou missouri interesting enough he can now transfer anywhere he wants again because they're now on a, a ncaa ban well is he implicated in this stuff no this had nothing no. to do with him it happened before him but because yeah, but because they're on a ban, oh, it that, happened before him. Okay, yeah, that that lifts his ability. He can transfer anywhere without penalty now, so he can transfer anywhere. But he says he's going to stay. But I find it interesting. I'm sure there's, you know, if you're a Missouri coach, you got to be scrambling, like, because you got all these, you know, signing day recruits. Are people going to want to bail yeah, now on Missouri? A, right. Talk about um, a bomb in the middle of all that. You know, you could lose recruits. You could lose the guy you plan on starting at quarterback. He's not going to play in a postseason game. This is the guy that was trying to play for national championships. Now he, he can't even play in the uh, the uh, the Dorito Bowl or whatever. He can't even play <laughs> the, in the my favorite. My the favorite used to be the be, the Beefo Brady Bowl. That was always my favorite. Well, and. Yeah, I've I've got one for you too because I read 
I read earlier in the week um, that my current hometown of Greenville, North Carolina, is bidding for a new bowl that they're calling the Barbecue Bowl. I'm in. I want in. I'm in. It sounds good. We're, we'll be there. They're bidding for um, a game that would start in, in 2020, and they're tentatively calling it the Barbecue Bowl. I think I it's think money. Should, I think hey, it's great. We, it can I can I tie this in with something else that's a current event, which is kind of funny? Okay. Ariana Grande, not sure if you heard about her. Okay. She uh, got a tattoo. Okay. She's got this new yeah. album coming out. I know you guys are hip to it. Seven really Rings. On the, Seven Rings okay. is what it's called. So right. for some uh, reason, of course it is. she yeah. chose to get a tattoo in Japanese of, and it was supposed to say Seven Rings on this okay. tattoo. Right. What it actually got translated was a typo. They whoever it says, did like, the soup or it something? says Japanese barbecue grill <laughs> is what the tattoo actually reads. <laughs> she could be like she could do. I'd uh, be great. She could be like the halftime show for the barbecue bowl in Greenville. Yeah, yes. I think we should. That, I, I think maybe they're related. No I don't even know. But it says so. Then I read that she tried to get it fixed. Japanese barbecue grill. <laughs> they tried to fix it. And they messed up the fix, so now it is Japanese barbecue rings. <laughs> oh, awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, so I think maybe she should be invited to Greenville, for yeah, sure. Definitely. Like the Grand Marshal of the Parade. Right, Grand Marshal. She's the honorary host of the, yeah, of coin the, of flip the parade. Person. Sure. So, so go back to National Signing Day, Scoot. What is, what is your thought on, like, the way these kids do do the national well, signing like i don't know if you i don't know if you saw uh i, I don't know it was back in um i think it was back in december but the rapper from atlanta part of outcast big boy yes. his son signed with oregon and like he little rode boy. up like yeah little boy he rode up in a bentley i think it was or something of the like <laughs> and like uh, and like they opened the door and he t- and he and he was wearing all oregon stuff and they showed him signing well, with here's like, the problem what it's, about the showmanship of it? Come on. Um, ha, like, since I've coached high school kids, there's been a change I've noticed in the last probably 15 years, and I think social media and and a lot – well, it's all been really social media is really what's changed a lot of things because when I first started coaching, my guys that went on to college and played in college, there was no big de- – I mean, yeah, they signed letters of intent. We would take a picture, would go to the newspaper. Well, nowadays, guys are making these things their profile pictures. They're saying, blessed yeah. to get an offer from you... such and such university. It's more about. Yeah, and it sounds that's what I would do. Here's the old boy. I would do that. Oh, oh the old I mean, it's a, it, but he, no, you're right. You know how because proud he, of that? I'd want everyone. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, so but you, seriously, would you? But the, like, listen, let's say like your daughter's an awesome volleyball player. And like, so, and she gets, but, but, you know, she's no D1. She's good for the school. And, you know, she gets a, uh, you know, an offer from Castleton State and she decides, Hey, I'm going to stand and they're going to broadcast it on the internet. And she's going to be put on, she's going to like, she's going to hold the Glenville state hat and then she's going to take it off and put the Wesleyan hat on. She's going to take it off and then she's going to put on the Castleton well, state. Hat. And then you know Castleton's I mean? like, probably going to retweet it. Right, yeah, right. And, that's a, you know, like she's gonna hashtag it. All the Castleton yeah, right. fans are gonna pick recruiting it up. Recruiting has changed in the sense that, yeah, you're pushing your school, or yeah, it's good for the school, but like kids nowadays have to feel like it's about them. 
Like, it's got to be them. Like, they're now the stars of the show, as opposed to the fact that the school or the or the coaches were the kind of the star. And it, I get it. I, I mean, to an extent, we're all kind of gone that direction, right? Everyone kind of is is going that direction. As you're older, like we are, we're a little bit bitter because we didn't have that. But if we didn't know any better, we would have been all about it. Like, I... You know, I like to talk so, a lot of trash so like, and, and be in the spotlight just as much as the next guy. Yeah, like, you know, you would, like, start a podcast and start talking about everything you want exactly. to talk about. And, yeah, right. You know. <laughs> exactly. This is this is our way. This is our signing day. Don't this take it away from signing day. Don't take my this signing day. This is your time. Right. This is the Tobcast, for Christ's sake. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the that's the thing. I think to kids, it's, it's a big deal to them. They And I think parents, just the same, are proud and, and want to – you know, in the past, yeah, you'd word of mouth, call your family, call your friends. But now it's so much easier to just take a f- picture with your phone and tweet it or, or whatever. Put the video up and, and put it on Instagram. And and it's a kind of a status thing. That's your fame. That's your, yeah, right. I, exactly. And I how, think about how many of these kids, they do all this. And then they go to college and they sit the bench or they go to college and they don't even make it past the first semester or, you know, there's a ton of those kids. Well, yeah. But this is like, for some of them, this is the highlight of their athletic careers is this little signing day or this little, little moment. So. Right. Uh, It's, I don't know. And so let's, let's pivot a little bit here and sticking with college athletics. And and we're going to talk, we're going to a little bit of homework talk right here. The three of us, uh, huge West Virginia university Mountaineer fans, uh, and basketball has been super exciting this season for us. Um, for the other teams. La- yeah, right. The teams yeah. playing uh, us. Right. La- last night, uh, Coach Huggins for the West Virginia Mountaineers, uh, would you say lost his cool? Would you say I was worried that the defibrillator was going to go off? I mean, there was um, it, got, it got a little hairy there for a minute. I, th- I think what I saw, this is what I saw. He was upset about a non-foul call. So right. he's yelling, that's a foul, that's a foul, that's a foul. He gets a technical because he's basically at midcourt yelling, that's a foul. So he right. gets a technical. Well, I think he got the second technical because the referee would not, based on, I think he took it as a lack of respect. I mean, to a certain extent, if you're a referee, you've got to realize for those guys, Bob Huggins has probably been around longer than those guys have been. So oh, to, yeah. a, to a certain extent, you got to realize, okay, this guy, you know, he's seen a lot of basketball. I may disagree, but I've got to at least entertain him, you know, ripping me a new one to a certain extent. Well, that guy didn't even give him the time of day. Like, and he was on the opposite end of the court and just kind of like stood back. I don't want to say scared of Bob Huggins, but just ignoring him. And uh, maybe he said something to him. I don't know. But um, it looked like he was ignoring him, and that sent Huggins over the edge. How, how much of this, though, like, how much of this was, you know, you were down 25 in a, against a team that you shouldn't have been down 25 in a season that you shouldn't be losing games like this? Is this for Huggins? I mean, uh, and the funniest part about the whole thing was, I don't know if you, if you saw it, uh, but the funniest part about the whole thing, there was actually a portion of him yelling at the referee that I really thought his pants were going to fall off. No, I didn't see <laughs> that. I didn't see that. <laughs> like, some... the, belt, the belt seemed to be coming loose. It was a little be- awkward. Yeah. yeah. And it was a little, he got a little Dunlap. 
Yeah, I think he got a little Dunlap as it is. Belly Dunlaps over his yeah. his belt. <laughs> the belt looked like it was. I was like, oh man, he's gonna lose his pants and yelling at the ref, and this is gonna be our season in a nutshell. <laughs> and, and who do you have? He had like uh, the, the Josh Josh Eilert, I think, trying to keep him back and trying to hold it back. And maybe Eric Martin was there for a little bit. I thought, I mean, just watching the game, I thought it was a cumulative effect of, you know, we complain about the Big 12 refs, and I love the Big 12 refs account on Twitter because they kind of parody it too. But, right, it, like, last night it was genuinely just atrocious refereeing. And I mean both ways. There was a blatant goaltend at one point where the defender actually knocked the ball down onto the rim. Like, it was every – even the commentators were like, wow, that is poor officiating. And then – at one point, um, the other thing I think that was probably frustrating hugs is, so not only are these guys getting fouls, but, man, they were money at the free throw line. They were like, at one point, they were like 30 of 32 or something. I don't remember off the top of my head, but it was yeah. it was crazy how many points they had from the foul line. So, well, you know, I think I've... I think he just got to the point where he didn't want to be there anymore like the rest of us. Right. watching it and he what? was just like i'm done i'm just gonna throw a fit and i'm just gonna spend these last like five minutes in the locker room can i tell you right. my takeaway from the whole thing and this probably won't surprise you i did not realize how short larry harrison is <laughs> he's a lot shorter than i thought he was oh. he's not very tall i tell you though man i just i i it's painful to watch. This is and like usually it's like we lose if we if we had a bad streak and we were losing by like four or five and there were a couple bad calls. I'd blame the refs. I'd blame the team is just atrocious. The it's yeah, un, and, it's and you know, unwatchable the, basketball. And, and it's to a, me the part that's most unwatch. I think the most frustrating is they're they're horrific at the most basic things. It's. <laughs> They're the worst passing team passing I think I've That's ever seen us have, honestly. Yeah. I mean, they they act like they will get, like, they'll have to hit the treadmill if they throw a bounce pass. I've never seen, there <laughs> no. were a couple times last night they literally just handed the ball over what to I Iowa State. Get, it's just awful. See, I get that the new guys are going to be bad. I get the new guys are probably going to be the worst passers. But what I'm so really surprised at is, the returning players, how bad they are. It's like they've gone three steps back. Like, yeah, we didn't see it last year, did we? We never even said, right. you know, Lamont West and Wes Harris and Beetle, they can't pass the ball to save their lives. But Nobody defense, ever said that. Now we're like, I mean, we're, we're talking ba- like just passing, defense. There's just basic stuff, man, they just cannot do. It's well, sad. Th- it's, this it's a bad situation. This will all probably be part of our spinoff podcast that we'll end up putting together eventually, which will be like, we'll call it like Talking Mountaineers, and we'll just sit here and whine and cry for the next well, what four I think or five we're gonna, years we're gonna in revisit, the dark ages. We're, we're going to revisit transfer portal talk is my fear in the off season. We're, oh, we're yeah, gonna, we It's going to be a lot of transfer well, portal. It, it, could be, it could be transfer portal or should be walk-on portal. Like yeah, right. Route route is a walk on. He took his he's back to walk on. Then let's just play him like a walk on. Let's not start him sometimes. Let's not let's not give him five or more minutes. Let's give him the last minute and a half of a game. 
Well, um, I remember the three of us had a conversation. The three of us had a conversation, I think, in like late November or early December when things weren't pretty. And we were like, oh, he's still trying to figure out the rotation. We're like, he'll figure out the rotation here soon. And like now it's it's now February 1st. And we're like, he's going to he's still trying to figure out the rotation. And I don't even think it's that. I just think now he's just trying to. F- Put people on the court I that just want to be on the court. I the other thing that I don't like is last night, I almost feel like Hugs sits there on the stool and he's kind of like, wonder how big this run will get. And he doesn't call a timeout. I mean, like, they but I don't in, think he, this, he doesn't care. And like, so I don't know what you, they like, went he, into the half last night. He had three timeouts left. And I'm just like, dude, yeah, right. like just, you know, that's make a, it that's hard. A, call timeouts. Stop. No, it but see, that's bit. 100% of him trying. And like, this is, this is where he's thrown away the season. Like he knows he's not even going to get an invite to the NIT. Like he's <laughs> thrown away the season because he, he, he wants well, these kids to try to learn. So the only way to this. learn is to put more pain into him. You know? Timeouts. Prolong this misery for everybody. He's, no, th- he's trying to do West Virginians gonna, a favor. I knew you were going to say that. But he's I just mean, thinking, like, listen, they, we suck. The longer pretty soon I, we'll be down. These games will be this along. The faster yeah, these games will be I let this game be over, the faster I can move some of these guys out. He'll be like, let's just not inbound the ball to ourselves. Let's just throw it to the other team and like, go faster. I mean, but it, to an extent, though, I blame him and his coaching staff. Because how can you tell me, like, I don't think anyone at any point, and I saw Chase Harler play in high school. At no point did I say Chase Harler is a Division One basketball player. I never said it. Never thought it. When I watched him, I saw him dunk. I never thought, man, that guy is going to tear it up at Division One level. He is not, and he's proving me right. But that's. And I mean, but I you think know, you're right. I, I think, think you're these right, guys. I think these guys are in unfair positions, though, because it's kind of like. Chase Harler, Napper, Route, all these guys. I I think they're I think they're fine basketball players for a role on your team. Like right, they should be, they should be seven, eight, nine deep. Right, like that, that these guys aren't guys that should be he on the court is, for no, 20, 30 minutes a game. No, not for significant like, minutes. You want just, you want to give Beetle Bolden a spell? Okay, you want to you know you want to give a guy a minute breather? I I get it, but not. Not See, Logan Routes a starter and Chase Harler is a starter. Like, Chase, come on, man. What are you trying to do? Chase Harler. Well, here's the thing. Chase Harler and Logan Route, I think, are the same age. And then there was another guy in this area. They're all from this area that I live in now. Uh, the other guy was Preston Boswell. Preston Boswell and Chase uh, Harler would go back and forth because Chase Harler went to Wheeling Central. Preston Boswell went to Magnolia. They'd go back and forth in these games where, the, like, Wheeling Central would win one, turn around the next game, Magnolia would win. And Preston Boswell scored over 2,000 points in high school. Preston Boswell was a great player. And they would try to get in each other's heads. Like Preston Boswell wore number four. So when Wheeling Central would play Magnolia, Pres- or Chase Harler would change his uniform number to number four so that he could be the best number four on the court or whatever. So... Yeah. At no point, though, did I ever say to either of those guys, and they both averaged something like 27 points a game or 30 points a game in high school their senior years. They were never, like, Division One standouts. Preston Boswell, probably a better basketball player overall than Chase Harler. Yeah, but well, Chase Harler, I mean, but see that, what I agree with Johnson, though, like, Chase Hardler played 26 minutes last night. Like, oh, he shouldn't he shouldn't be playing. Yeah. No, I mean, even if he is D1 caliber at like the level he is, how he many shouldn't points be did playing he have? 26 minutes. 
20, 26 minutes he had I think he was one he made one field goal I think from the floor he hit a three two points <laughs> two oh, points okay. that's your shooting guard yeah two points coming but from again, your scoring like, so, guard so then spot. people are gonna not you know so then they're gonna blister Chase Harler and right. in my opinion it's like it's unfair to him he he shouldn't be out there 26 minutes you're asking him no. to do something that you shouldn't should be, be asking him to he do he should be he and I don't, I don't want to shortchange him or Preston Boswell, the kid that he played against in high school. Preston Boswell went on to Wheeling Jesuit, had a great first two years. He's transferred now, and he's at West Liberty waiting. He's sitting out the year at West Liberty. He's going to be a great Division II basketball player. But, but let, let, I mean, but like you have to look at this team, and you have to look at the situation we're at. And you look at, like, you look at, even look at Iowa State last night. They had six players that had more than 20 minutes, and then the rest of the players had, like, four, five, seven, ten. And that's ten. what it, And yeah, that's what, that's what, core. that's how it should be, right? Yes. West Virginia had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven players with more than 20 minutes, two players with, nine, one player with 19, one player with 10 minutes. Like, Do you, you think get, it's, do you think they're still trying to substitute like they did when it was Press Virginia, they haven't done Press Virginia all season long because it's been horrible when they've tried it. No, I think I think they're substituting the fact that Huggins doesn't know yeah. what five guys should be on the like, court at any I time, agree. time. It's like let's try this for a while. Let's let's go with this for a few minutes. But let let me say one last thing, and then maybe we're probably going to wrap this part up. But when when we played Tennessee, um, you know, my dad and I sat and watched that game, and he made the comment that we're going to go to post game. Hugs is going to rip his guys and tell us how much they suck. And it's been clear this whole game that there's just a superior level of athlete on one side than there is on the other. So there's no comparison in the athletic ability. So you can't kill these guys for, you know, getting beat in this game where, I mean, they would have to play out of their minds to keep up with these guys. So then it's recruiting. Uh, that's recruiting, and, and I and think it is. Yeah, I mean, he he's trying to do coaching with staff. guys he doesn't. He's got to shake up the staff. Yeah. All right. Well, let's wrap up this segment that went on entirely too long about college athletics. But when we come back, we'll have one short segment left. Where we like to call hashtag open segment, and uh, we uh, we'll see what people are thinking or what Scoot thinks about things that we say right here on the uh, podcast. All right, welcome back to the Topcast. Uh, last segment with uh, Johnson, uh, Scoot, and Guido here. We like to call this hashtag open segment where we talk about sort of whatever's happening now and we get we see how Scooty reacts to it. And uh, we'll start with what is probably the biggest thing happening in uh, at least most of America right now, polar vortex. Scooty... Scooty's in the middle of uh, Scooty. Scooty's being affected by the polar. Well, first of all, let's talk about Johnson before we talk about Scoot and the polar vortex. <laughs> Johnson, how's the polar vortex affecting uh, you, North Carolinians? It is. It is cold here. It is genuinely North Carolina people cold. So it what is, is it? Is what it, it's 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 twenty two degrees. Twenty three. Twenty three degrees. <laughs> right now here it is four. <laughs> 
four in the wonderful Great White North of New hey, England. Hey, it's not my fault you guys decided to live, you know, up in the Arctic Circle. <laughs> and then Scoot, uh, of course, hasn't worked for three days because of <laughs> cold weather. Because that's that's the joy of being uh, somebody who works in academia, as they get every day off because oh, it's a little bit of rain outside, or the wind's blowing, or it's under ten degrees. What's your uh, what's a what's a temp today, Scoot? Uh, we have eleven right now. Eleven. Uh, that was about the high that we had today. Now, when I went to work, I did go to work. I'll throw that out there. Uh, when I went to work, it was somewhere around four. But it had been as low as negative seven or nine. I heard somebody tell me that the guy I saw at work had negative nine at his house this morning. Wow. Okay. Wow. It's cold, man. It's cold. Now, I want to tell you something. You can't tell me cold weather did not exist prior to 2015. Correct? Why is it? Every time this happens, it's something like we got to name it. It's a polar vortex. Like it got cold before 2015. We didn't call it a polar vortex. We just said it's freaking cold outside. It's cold. (laughs) It's going to be cold. We're not vortexing. It sounds like a math cold outside doesn't drive TV ratings. I get I mean, we name every storm coming and going, and now it's even more confusing because the Weather Channel names it one thing, and then your local news might name it a different thing. And well, and, like, when did they start naming snowstorms now? Like, the snowstorm we had a couple of weeks ago, it was Harper, Snowstorm Harper. Like, we're oh, naming... Oh, really? I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah, they named... Yeah. It's ridiculous. What? Yeah, I don't get it. It's all... Well, it's funny. It's like the the weatherman that is trying to show you that he's in the hurricane... And it's not really that bad. Like, right. they show him, like, struggling like to stand. And then there's two and then people, people walking, walking behind. behind. <laughs> like, waving yeah. at the camera. Like, yeah. it's, it's, it's a moneymaker. It's stupid. And it's just cold. Okay? I feel, like, cold. I feel like, Scoot, I feel like, though, man, that you you could have been a very oh, good I weather personality. I would love to be weatherman. As a matter of fact, uh, when I was looking at colleges... One of the schools I had applied to was the number two meteorology school in the country, Linden State College in Vermont. Just okay. throw that out there. All, All right. right. What the would height, you would you would, too much math? Too much math. Yeah. That's too much math. What do you got against the math? You got to do what math do you, to be in meteorology. Apparently, do you like what? Do you, what kind of math do you have I to don't do know. for meteorology? Add isobars or something. I don't know what they do. <laughs> something with the bar- barometric pressure, I guess. I don't know. A lot of a lot of math. I never understood that. I never understood uh, and that then right. here's the other thing. Let's talk about this. How come we have a European model and we've gotten a U.S. model and then we don't like? Why tell us those things? Tell <laughs> why? Why tell me what one says and what the other one says? Just tell me what you say. How about these weathermen, these meteorologists, these so-called scientists? Stick their cojones out there and make a prediction. Stop trying to tell me, well, it could do this or it could do that. Okay, well, what do you think it's going to do? Tell me that, Dr. Because, you know, I mean, for those of you from North Central West Virginia, know that uh, we used to watch KDKA, and, and Joe said it would. Joe Denardi or Joe? Joe Denardi. Yeah, yeah right. Denardo, he, yeah. And the, Joe would say it's going to rain. He's going to rain. 
I when mean, I was uh, when I was a kid, our Weather Channel would go like they would use uh, snowflake icons if it was going to snow, and I can always remember my cousin. He'd always be like, he'd always be like, "Hey man, we're not going to have school tomorrow," and I'd be like, "How do you know that?" And he'd say, "Because it says big snowflake, little snowflake." <laughs> like we <laughs> now, got the it was like rolling sevens, at, you know. It, here's the problem, right? If you think about National Weathermen, okay. Yeah, nowadays we've got Joe or uh, Jim Cantori. He's a yep. big he's a big thing. Like they always say, if you see Cantori at your airport, you know you're screwed. Yeah, um, right, right. But look back in history, Willard Scott. Okay, was he known more for his great weather predictions or for the fact that he was sponsored by Smucker's Jam <laughs> and wished old people happy birthday? He was also the first Ronald McDonald too, by the way. And, no one was took that really? guy yeah, serious. Nobody took him serious. Yeah. Al Roker. Do people take Al Roker serious? No. He dresses he... up like the lion from the Wizard of Oz for <laughs> Halloween. He does weird <laughs> things like that. Nobody takes you serious. He's a personality. Like I don't know. And I don't think he's a weather. Like, does he have some sort of scientific background? Probably not. I doubt Willard Scott has a degree in anything that is remotely related to science or weather. We're going to find out Willard's we're going to find out he graduated like from Yale or something after we do this. And then it's a real shame that he had to have he had to be Smucker's prostitute and <laughs> pimp himself out or get pimped out by Smucker's in their jam. I have a feeling that those two words have never been said together. Yeah, I I I think so too. I think I, I Willard Scott is a poor man's Wilford Brimley. <laughs> Wilford Brimley? No, I don't think so. Wilford Brimley, like, he doesn't sell jelly. He tells people to be careful with their diabetes. <laughs> and he was in that cocoon movie with old He's people. Like, which is the only like, movie I can ever think of him in. Old guy. Like, like, is there any, can you name another <laughs> Wilford Brimley movie? <laughs> no. Like, what are you known for? Well, I'm uh, old. So yeah, talk about I'm diabetes. For being old. <laughs> and I feel like he's yeah, he's been old. old. Yeah, he's been old since 1984. Is he still alive? <laughs> I don't know. I don't even diabetes. know. Like he's just perpetually old. By the way, Wikipedia Day says that uh, Willard Scott was the original portrayer of Ronald McDonald. I learned something again. Learned a something. clown. The guy is a clown. <laughs> clown. There's no how, how apropos. No seriousness that can be taken from that guy. You can't take that guy uh, serious. I don't know, man. Well, anyways, I hope everybody survived the the polar vortex. And I'd like to wish Dottie in Smyrna, Georgia, a happy ninety third birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Man. so you guys, you guys, they stay warm. I, I'll be fine down here. But yeah, I yeah, stay warm. Twenty-two. I, we don't want to hear it. We don't want to hear it at all. Now in July, when I'm melting my face off, you guys. When it's a, be it, it'll be a wonderful seventy-eight degrees for me, yeah. and for you, it's like a hundred. I will be surface of the sun, just <laughs> yeah. hating life. So. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, listen. That that brings us to the end of another episode of the Tobcast. Scoot. Do you want to tell us who we were brought by this week? Yes. Tactical Legion Knives. It's a family-owned and operated company with a focus on heavy-duty knives. We love knives and have been in the knife industry for more than 15 years. When you buy a knife from us, you're buying a knife to last. We're a cut above the rest. 
spectacularly. All right, folks, tune in uh, next week where we uh, come back on the Toddcast and talk about things that only we care about. So uh, we're the old boys. And uh, for Johnson, Scoot, I'm Guido, and we'll see you next week on the Toddcast. Oh, 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 oh,